This is Regis Rougarou Program, undefeated world boxing champion, and you listen to the Mike Saffo Podcast. What's going on, champ? I'm good. I'm good. Perfect. That, that doesn't get old, does it, being called champ? You know what? I don't think it ever gets old. It's um, <laughs> Nah, I'm actually a world champion, so nah, it definitely doesn't ever get old. Undefeated, 24-0, 20 knockouts. You're a bad, bad man, and I really appreciate you calling in on a nice uh, Wednesday night, man. I appreciate that. Oh, that's cool, man. You know what? I'm in L.A., so it's a Wednesday. Beautiful, beautiful day, and it's only, what, 4 o'clock over here? So it's, it's perfect. First things first, I read that you learned Portuguese because your wife's Brazilian. My new wife is Filipino. How would you learn the language? Because it's something I promised her I was going to do. So that really uh, intrigued me about you. You, you know what? Um, the main thing about learning another language is that you just got to want to do it. So, um, you know, at first I just, I, I mean, when I first met her, because when I first met her, she didn't speak no English. And, of course, I didn't speak no Portuguese. And, like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy. Like, I think one day people, somebody could do a, a movie about my life, and I don't know what's more interesting. Would it be, like, a love story, or would it be, like, the Katrina thing, or would it be, like, the boxing, or would it be, like, or would it be, like, the adventure stuff I do? You know, I'm, like, I, I do feel, like, so interesting. But, yeah, like, I, I I did that. Yeah, I learned it, and I was just, you know, the main thing you do is you just got to want to learn it. And then um, I went to Brazil. I went there three times, and when I went, I didn't. I just, I kind of picked up the language. I just, you know, I wanted to learn it. I, I wrote some stuff down, some things that I might need. And when I was there, you know, my wife, she actually from like the favela. So that's like the real, real hood out there. So, you know, out there, nobody speaks English. It was like only her that spoke English. So when I went, um, you know, I just, I really had to learn. It's like, no way you don't learn. You have to learn. And I was walking the street by myself. I was in the favelas and all that stuff. And I just I picked it up and I learned it, you know, and um I went back and you know, I just kept learning, learning, learning more and more and and now um I'm I'm fluent in Portuguese. I love that. Now listen, I went on your Instagram right before we had this conversation and I saw you got some hops, man. I saw you dunking. Are you a basketball guy? You know what? I that was like coming up that was my favorite sport. Um Adler Iverson was like always my favorite basketball player. I grew up in the in the era when when the when the Sixers was um you know, they, they was playing against the Lakers for that championship. And Adam Iverson mm-hmm. was my favorite player. Just his, just his whole swag and everything about him, you know. But um, basketball was like my love coming up. I love playing basketball. I never was I never was really that good at it. I was just always an athlete. But I just <laughs> basketball was like what I love to do. Now, listen, what's going on with your boy Anthony Davis down there with the Pelicans? Is he going to bounce? Yeah, I, it, it seemed like. I don't know, man. I don't know what he's going to do, you know. Um. It seemed like, you know, he's such a good player that I feel like, you know, he won't win a championship. Um, you know, he don't want to just play for money no more. I think he won't win a championship. So I don't know, man. I don't know what he's gonna do. You know, um we don't know. I don't know what the situation is with him. Listen, you're a talented fighter, you speak speak Portuguese, you're a lover. I need to know this. Make a prediction for me. Who's gonna win? Golden State. You're a California guy now. They're down three games to two, but no more Kevin Durant. Who's winning the title? Man, I'm I still go with Golden State, bro. You know, I that's that's just me. I still go with Golden State. You know what? I want I want to see, like for me, I want to see. I like to see greatness. To where uh, I love, I don't know. You know, of course, I like the underdog, but at the same time, you know, I want, it's like I do want to see Toronto win. But I just love, for me, I just love to see greatness. I love to see just people just continue being great. You know, so. For me, Golden State probably is one of the best teams in history, you know, and they, they definitely got some Hall of Fame players on their team already, you know, and, and great players on their team already. But um, 
I really, you know, I, I know it's going to be kind of hard, but, you know, I still pick Golden State. Let's talk some boxing. You're, you, how many belts do you have right now? Um, I actually have five, but, I mean, well, let's, let's just say three <laughs> major ones. I, I, I got three do major you ones. Kid? I got the yeah. – um, I got the WBC interim and the WBC diamond, and then I'm the official mm-hmm. WBA world champion. Do your kids know that their father's a champion? You know what? They do. I don't think to what extent. I don't know. You know, it's kind of hard. Um, but I know, I definitely know, you know, they know. And it's like, my, it's cool because my kids, like my daughter says, like, oh, like they ask me, they, they'll you ask my daughter what I do, and she knows. She's like, oh, he's a fighter. That's Reese's <laughs> program. You know, it's so cool because she's like, that's, my daddy is like Regis Progre, you know, like say like, oh, my daddy is like the Hulk. My daddy is like Superman. My daddy is, you know, Iron Man. Like my, my daughter says it like that. Like my daddy is, you know, my daddy is Regis Progre, basically, you know. And, my, and, of course, my son, my son is at the age now. He's five years old, and he knows about money already. So he always <laughs> asks me how much money I got. He always asks me what I can buy. And, Daddy, why, let's go, like, let, go buy a Lamborghini and stuff. Like, why you don't go get Lamborghinis and you know, all that stuff. So it's like, you know, he's at the age now, like he's upset, you know, kids, crazy kids know about money that early, but yeah, he knows about money already. So yeah, he just, he, he just always asks me how much money I got in this and that. And, you know, it's like, come on, man, like leave it alone. Don't worry about how much money I got. The other, yesterday he's like, I, he, today he was like, I know, I know how much money you got. You got $13,000. I'm like, Ray, that's, that's <laughs> all right. Yeah. That's what I got. All right, bro. <laughs> All right, whatever you say. You know, so when people that's, talk yeah, about that's, that's you, Regis, when people talk about you, they obviously talk about your boxing skills, your potential, your future, what you're going to mean to the history of boxing. But a lot of times they talk about your passion for the sport. Where does your passion for the sport come from? Uh, I just love, I don't know. You know, I just love the sport. You know, coming up, you know, my favorite fighter was Mike Tyson. So, you know, and it still is, you know, my, my two favorite fighters like Mike Tyson and Roberto Duran and um my it was just Mike Tyson because because he was so dominant because that's that was his thing. He just loved the sport so much. He wanted to be like the great, you know, he 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 cut his hair like like Jack Dempsey and you know, he used to pick his if, if people remember what Tyson used to do after he knocked his opponents out, he used to go pick them up off the ground, off the canvas and that's the that's the same thing Jack Dempsey used to do. And so he just studied the greats, and and for me, and he was so dominant because of that, because the model made him do all that stuff. So for me, it's the same thing, you know. I just, I, you know, I won't be like I guess Mike, like Mike Tyson, and um, I read his books. I read, I read, you know, the Mike Tyson books, and I read about because the model and what he did to Mike Tyson, how he made him like that. And I kind of got the same mentality. I got the same mindset. I just want to be, you know, I want to be mentioned, you know, with the greats basically. And I just love the sport. I'm just so. I'm so um like I'm so enthusiastic about like boxing, about the sport of boxing, about the characters in boxing. Like it's a sport like no other sport in in ever, you know, like fighting is just a sport. Just you know, it's just a it's such a great sport and I just I just love it. And so that's why I, I just study about it, I read about it all the time and you know that's you know, that's kinda what I do. I was going to ask you later on in the show, because I know you're a reader, if you read Tyson's book, Undisputed, because you nailed it. They said uh, when he was at Customato's house, he would have VHS tapes from the 50s and 60s watching these guys fight and studying them. And to know that you're a student of the game, that just shows how pure you are. And I think that's why so many people love you. You're not just doing it to fight or for money. You're doing it because you truly love the sweet science. 
Yeah, of course. I just, yeah, I really, that's the main thing with me. I just love it, you know. Um, yeah, and of course, you know, to answer your question, yeah, I, I did read it. You know, that's one of the books downstairs right now. Yeah, I, I read it, and it's a long book. It's about 600 pages. Yes, it's yeah. a big, real big book. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I read, I, I kind of read almost everything on Tyson. He has he has two big, long books. You know, one of them is The Undisputed Truth, and one of them is about, like, what Cousin Model taught him. And both of them are equally good. You know, I, I like both of them. And probably, well, most likely, I'll probably read them again and stuff like that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, for me, I'm just a, you know, I'm just a student of the game. I just, you know, I just love it. You know, I, recently in New York, you know, two weeks ago, I just met Sugar Ray Leonard. And, you know, that was, for me, that's like, you know, that's, it's, it's more than a dream come true to meet somebody like Sugar Ray Leonard like it. To me, in my eyes, like Sugar Ray Leonard is probably the best fight I've ever seen in my life, and and most people can tell you that. Like, even though Mike Tyson and Duran is my favorite fighters, like to me, Sugar Ray Leonard is like probably one of the best, probably one of the best boxers like I ever seen in my life. And 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 it's probably like that for most people. You know, when you look at him fight, he was just that good. And to meet somebody like that is just like unbelievable. The city of New Orleans, it's such a proud city. It's gritty. It's resilient. Do those characteristics of that city come out in the person you are and the box that you are? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I definitely think that, you know, um, you know, the, the crazy, the, the thing is about me. So I was raised in New Orleans. Like I left New Orleans during her, after Hurricane Katrina when I was 16 years old. But as far as boxing, I was raised in Texas. You know, it's the boxing game. I was raised in Texas. So it's kind of, I'm kind of like mixed up, you know, because I, I all, when I start fighting, I had like a Mexican style because that's why I came up in Texas. As a boxer, I was raised in Texas. But as me, as a person, I was raised in New Orleans. But of course, like I, I kind of have both of it. You know, I have the, I have the Texas thing, the Houston thing. And of course, I always have the New Orleans, like the gritty, the mindset of a New Orleans person. And, you know, just, yeah, it, I'm kind of mixed with both of them. Well, now, listen, Regis, now you're out, you're being Hollywood out in Los Angeles. What's the one food or one meal you miss the most being out there? You land back home in Louis Armstrong Airport. What's your first go-to meal? Man, you know what? I'm a seafood person. You know, I'm a, I'm a big seafood person, so I love <laughs> I, I love boiled shrimp and, and crabs and crawfish, and so that's exactly what I go get. When I, as soon as I go back, I think I got to go to New Orleans in like two weeks. Well, maybe three weeks or something like that. And when I go back, um, yeah, I, that's that's exactly what I go get. I always go get seafood um, because I, I, I went out here. I went and got some seafood out here, like, what, yesterday, two days ago? And, of course, it was okay, but it wasn't nothing, nothing, nothing like, nothing like home, nothing like New Orleans food. So, yeah, it's um, that's exact. I go get that. You know, all our food, I, we just known for food. So it's just, you know, that's just how it is. You brought it. You have brought a ton of attention, and you become a role model for boxing in the Big Easy. Big Easy, and you're still a young dude. Any pressure with that being such a role model down there? No, you know what? A lot of people ask me that, and um, the only time I had pressure was when I fought. I fought out there in July, last July. I fought Juan Jose Velasco, and it was kind of pressure. It was, it was, it was a lot of pressure on me, and just in that fight. But um, all the pressure's gone now, you know. Um, I, I just have to accept my role. You know, I am basically, I am the face of boxing in New Orleans. And although, you know, I live in, you know, I live in L.A. now, but I'm still the face of boxing in New Orleans. When you say New Orleans boxing, you have to say my name. You, it, It's only, it's really, is me. And I'm putting all my friends or all the other fighters out there, you know, I'm putting them on and I'm making them, you know, I'm, I'm putting them on big cards and stuff like that. So, no, it's, it's 
for me, it's not pressure. It's just what I'm doing. And like I said, I don't think it's ever going to be pressure on me because I love the sport so much and I'm a competitor. So, you know, it's, it's, I don't think it's never going to be pressure on me. You mentioned Hurricane Katrina. You were uprooted. Houston shaped you. Now you're in Los Angeles. You spent most of your important years in Houston. Do you think you stayed in New Orleans and never left? Are you where you are professionally now? If you never left New Orleans, do you think you're the same person you are right now? No, definitely not. I, I, I 100% wow. believe I would not be one right now. Yeah, I, I, I definitely don't believe that. Um, yeah, 100%. If I was still in New Orleans, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Um, I, sometimes, like, I wake up and it's like, am I dreaming? Like, I can't believe it. Like, sometimes I really wake up and think like that. I, I got to be dreaming. Like, you should see the house I live in right now and the cars and the neighborhood I live in. It's like, it's crazy. Like, I wake up and I got a real, a huge, huge bedroom. And I go out, I got a balcony, and I look out and there's mountains to the, to the, in front of me. And there's mountains on the, on the right side of me and the beaches in front. And it's like, I, I can't, sometimes I really can't believe it. So, um... And all this come through knowing how to fight. It's crazy. Sometimes it really seems like it's it's unfair. Like how do I get this? And this is so easy, you know. Like it was. It's just so easy to do, you know. Like I fight and make seven figures, and it's so easy to me. Like I would do this for free, and I'm rich off of it, you know. So, um, I yeah. I, and I know if I was sitting in the wall, and like if I if the storm would have never hit, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Maybe I'll still be a fighter, but I wouldn't. I would not be you know, world champion or number one in the world right now, you know, um, and that, that definitely came from um, moving and, and moving to Houston and, and just seeing a, just a different side of things and, you know, and, and, and learning the craft of boxing. I'm trying to do the math here because your son said you only have $13,000 and you have all that stuff out in California. How, how do you pay that rent? I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> it, it, I know, right? I, I guess I know how to stretch that 13000 <laughs> Hey, you have um, <laughs> yeah, I stretched five it for sure. <laughs> you have five yeah. belts, three major belts. What's the first thing you did when you won the belt? Like, where did you celebrate when you won the first belt? Um, the the first, it wasn't nothing. I didn't do nothing, you know, because the crazy thing is, it's like, um, I expected, you know, like I worked so hard and I trained and I studied and all that stuff. So when I got the belts and I'm officially a world champion, it was just like I didn't do nothing. I I lived my life regular, you know, like I just. Yeah, I'm a world champion, now, and it's just like I, I expected. It. It's nothing. I don't expect nothing less. Even you know when I pick up all the rest of the belts, I don't think I would get in the ring and cry and all of that stuff. You know, a lot of people get in the ring and cry and stuff. And for me, I just don't do that because for me, I expect that. Like I feel like I need, I have to have it. Like that's that's you know, I'm a, yeah, I'm a world champion and it's cool and I'm I'm so happy that I am a world champion. But I expect to be a world champion. You know, is is nothing less for me. So, um. I, but I think when I got the first one, I think I dropped a little tear in the ring. Nobody saw it though, but I think I dropped the. <laughs> I think I dropped I, when I first got my first little. I think yeah, when I got my first first little belt, I think I kind of dropped the tear because it's like you know I did all this work and now I'm officially you know I'm 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 something like a world champion you know. But but now it's just like yeah I'm supposed to have this. You're a better man than me. I would have wore that belt to breakfast, to the airport, to the club. I would have never taken those belts off. So you're a way better man than me, Regis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Uh, the crazy thing, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not more of, I'm not too much of a, like a show off like that. You know, like going to the club mm-hmm. with my belt and stuff like that. Some people do it for me. It's just like, nah. You know, my shine is in the ring. I don't have to shine outside the ring. My shine is 
you know, I do my thing in the ring, and then after that, you know, I go about my business. You're an undefeated champion, and obviously there's a target on your back, people gunning for you. Is that a weird feeling? Because coming up, you were gunning after everybody. Now you're the guy. Is that a weird uh, transformation? For me, no. Bring them on. Bring them all of them <laughs> on. No, no, no. For me, yeah, for me, it don't matter. They can bring them all of them on. You know, like, the thing about it is, like, yeah, I'm a world champion, and, and people think they, you know, they want this, of course. You know, they've been training their whole life for it, but when you get that with me, I'm a different, I'm I'm different, bro. Like, I tell people, like, I really hurt people. You know, that's, I smile and I laugh and stuff, but when I get in the ring, I really hurt people. You know, it's not, this is not a joke when I fight, when I get, when I start, you know, like I said, when I just, when I transform into the Rugu and I go in and I do my thing, this is serious. This is not, this is not so joke and I'm really going to hurt somebody, you know? So of course these dudes, they want these belts and they want everything I got. They want the money and the, 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 the belts and all that stuff. But believe me, it's going to come with a, it's going to come with a price. And, you know, you can ask all my opponents. I got 24 of them and I hurt every last one of them. Every last one, I hurt 24 people and I hurt them bad. So, you know, people can think they, you know, they want it, but you know, it's, I'm, they gonna, it's going to be a price to be paid, basically. There's been a lot of talk of that super fight coming up with Josh Taylor. Have you guys uh, decided on the venue yet? No, no, no. We ain't got nothing yet. No venue, no date, no nothing yet. So um, right now, I'm just, you know, I'm still just training and, um, you know, just kind of training and, and stay in some type of shape to where when training camp starts, you know, I'll be really ready. I'm going to tell you why I think so many, so many people enjoy you and they're really fans of you. Because the biggest knock on the sport of boxing is that the fights we want, the fans want these fights, they don't happen, and they don't call each other out. But I love that you're out there, and you're not being an asshole about it. You're calling out Ramirez, and you want to fight the winner of him and Hooker. You want to fight uh, Taylor. I love that you're calling them out, and you're like, I'll fight them anywhere, anytime. That shows, one, your confidence. Two, your love of the sport. And three, these fights need to happen. Don't you agree? Definitely, definitely, definitely. Don't yeah, the fight need to happen. You know, it's um, you know, right now between me and Taylor, look, I'm number one in the world. He's number two, and we fight against each other. You know, two undefeated champions in the prime, number one and number two, are gonna fight each other. You know, it's no really right now. It's no other weight class in boxing that has that right now. The number one and number two, two undefeated champions fighting each other. Is nobody in boxing doing that right now? So. That's why it's so special right now because this is a it's it really is this is a, a real you know this is a huge fight going on right now so um, I'm just I'm glad that I'm a part of it and you know I can't wait to you know start training again and get it on. You're ranked number one like you just said and you're firmly in the discussion for the best pound for pound fighters in the world. Be honest with me, when's the last time you checked those rank those rankings? You know what? Somebody told me I'm on right now. You know, so um, I don't have <laughs> to check it, but people. The, the thing, I don't really pay attention to it. You know, I really don't pay attention to the, the boxing stuff and the social media and all that stuff. I just go about living my life and, um, you know, just, just enjoying life every day, go to the gym, make sure I train every day, do some type of training. And um, But as far as all the other stuff, you know, I don't really check them, you know, but people will call me and they tell me, yeah, you on the pop a pound list and you made one of the pop a pound lists and stuff like that. So, um, you know, that's of course, that's when I'll check. And, you know, it's, it's cool just to, you know, start getting that, that recognition. I know you fought in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center, and your last few fights have been down there in the Big Easy. You know that soon you're going to be fighting out in Vegas or here in New York City at the Mecca. Is that something you're looking forward to, these bigger arenas at these, you know, in New York City, in Vegas? Is that something you're looking forward to? Yeah, of course. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, 
Yeah, I actually fought in New York before um, at Barclays. Of course, I was on the undercard. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, now, you know, I, I feel like, yeah, that's what I want to start doing. I want to start, you know, L.A., Vegas, you know, New York, make, you know, the big-time boxing. I feel like, yeah, I'm earning it. I deserve it now. So now it's time to start, you know, moving, you know, and, and putting my name out, you know, basically, you know, for the big time. I think in the past, boxing, boxing's always had its hardcore fans. But in the past few years, it's in a good place. There's so many good fights. What's one thing you would do to make boxing more mainstream for the average fan? You know what? That's such a good question. Um, it, I mean, boxing just kind of goes up and down, you know. Um, the thing is, so when when I went to Scotland, more people knew me over there than they knew me here in the United States. And that's crazy, you know, because they love oh. fights. You know, over, over in the U.K., they love it. That's just what they do. It's, it's soccer. In this fight is boxing, it's soccer and boxing. You know that's what they love. <laughs> over here, over here in the U.S., you know we you, boxing is just like on the is on the back burner. You know we got basketball. You know of course we got all we got basketball, we got football, we got soccer. You know we they got track and field and all kinds of things. And boxing is you know boxing is in there, but of course it depends on the fighter. So really in boxing. It, I mean, you you it just, you gotta just know how to market the real big fighters, you know. Um, and mm-hmm. and that's the thing. But sometimes you might market the real big fighters, and they and they might lose. But the thing is, yeah, in boxing, the difference between boxing and MMA when a fight when a boxer loses, it's just like people write him off, like he's done, you know. And it's not fair because in MMA you lose a fight and then you fight the next week and you can lose that one or you can win that one and then people won't keep seeing you. But in boxing, it's different. And I don't know why. I really don't know why that is. But it's, I don't know. You know, I just it's hard to even explain that. You know, you can try to bring it to TV and all that stuff. But I think, like, the personality style, you, you definitely have to know how to fight. Um, of course, that's number one. Um, and have a personality or sometimes have a country behind you. It's just, you know, that's, I mean, that's tough. And I'm I'm glad that, you know, I'm a fighter and I'm not one of the executives trying to figure out that problem because that's a hard problem. To figure out. <laughs> now, you told me how beautiful the weather is there in Los Angeles. I'm only going to keep you on the phone five more minutes. So we're going to do a few quick hit questions to wrap this up. You ready? Cool, cool. I know you're a big reader. You told me about the Tyson books you're reading. What book are you reading right now? Sam Langford, a book about Sam Langford. I don't know if you know who Sam Langford is, but Sam Langford is, is like the they say he's like the greatest uncrowned champion in history. He was around in the nineteen like in the in the early nineteen hundreds when um Jack Johnson was champion and Jack Johnson refused to fight him because everybody all the fighters around that time they was he was just whooping everybody. And of course that was a time when they were trying to find the great white hope and um Sam Lake was just putting everybody lights out and so he you know that yeah, this is a little history about him, you know. But yeah, that's that's what I'm um I'm reading right now, a book about Sam Langford. As a fan of boxing, what are two fights not involving you that you're dying to see? You know, one of them is um Errol Spence and Terence Crawford, of course. Um, mm-hmm. and the other one was was what I want to see is was Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder, but I don't know if I want to see that no more. You know, so but the, the main <laughs> one I want to see is. Yeah, I don't know if I want. I don't know if I want to see the Andy Joshua Deontay Wilder. You know, I want. I definitely want to see it. You know, before Andy Joshua took that. You know, before he took his loss to Ruiz. But, but now I really don't know if I want to see it no more. So really, it's. I, I think if if I had to name two, it'll be Canelo and Triple G for the third time, and Errol Spence and Curtis mm-hmm. Crawford. 
Have you kept any cool memorabilia from your fight? Like, what's one cool thing you kept from your fights? I actually have a big box of stuff. Um, that's, I'm glad you asked. Yeah, I have a big box of stuff full of memorabilia, just um, letters and all kinds of stuff, fan stuff. I have hand wraps from, like, my third pro fight or something like that. I have my shoes that I wore. Um, I actually have my amateur jerseys. I have my amateur shorts. Um, of course, gloves. I have gloves. I have a lot of stuff from my, you know, from fights, from my old fights. I know you just told me you met Sugar Ray Leonard. Have you ever asked for any an autograph from another boxer? I, I never did. I, I don't. You know what? I don't think so. I never asked for an autograph. You know. Um. Now we got pictures, so I don't think you know. Yeah, of course, got, of course. You got the camera phone. You just take a picture, so it's like you don't even need autographs and stuff like that no more. Um. But you know who autographs that I do have? I have Muhammad Ali. Oh. And um, yeah, I have uh, I have my Ali's autograph. Yeah, that is crazy. I would never sell it. I have a authentic, Muhammad, I I have in his book. It's a it's a small, real small Muhammad Ali book, and um, Lou DeBella gave it to me, and that's something that yeah, I wow. don't think I'll I'll ever give that away. Wow, I'll never give that away. Yeah. You and I are at a bar, and we want to impress people at the bar. Who's the coolest person in your phone that if you texted them, they would text you right back? The coolest person that if I text him, who is the coolest person in my phone that texts me, text me right back? Um, I, as far as text me right back, I don't, I can't even say. I know if I call somebody, they'll answer. Somebody that I call. Okay, give me a, as far give me a text call me, then. A good, I, I mean, a good call. Somebody like that will just call, that'll answer all the time or call me right back is my grandma. She definitely will always yep. answer the phone. My grandma <laughs> always answers. Like, there's no way she's she's always answering the phone. And if not, she'll call me right back. But as far as everybody else, they always got some stuff to do. Um, I think one of the most unreliable people, one of the most unreliable people is probably um my my sister, my younger sister. She she like she answers when she wants to. Like that's how she is. She's like sometimes she's moody, and I call her, and she won't answer, and then she call you when she wants to and stuff like that. Um, but oh, you know who I think probably my manager Sam or my trainer Bobby Benton. If I call Bobby, most of the time he'll answer. If I call Sam, most of the time he'll answer. But yeah, most of the time they'll answer. Unless if not, they'll call me right, right back all the time. Bobby and Sam. I read on the internet a rumor about you, and everything on the internet is true. Is there rumors that you've been talking about, or you've thrown it out there that you would move up to 147 and might uh, and fight Crawford? Of course, that's not a rumor. Yeah, that's that's yeah, I'll do it. Um, one day, wow. you know, when when Crawford was at yeah, when Crawford was at one forty, you know, I I actually called him out. You know, now at the time I was still coming up, of course, and he was a world champion, and you know, I wanted to fight him when he was at one forty. But um, but now, you know, after I do everything I need to do at one forty, yeah, I go up to one forty seven, and, and you know, and I fight Crawford. That's you know, that's the fight I've been wanting. For you know, for a long time, you know, so it's like it's kind of like chasing Crawford. Hey, tell me about that youth training camp. I saw it on your website. I think it's in Lafayette. Tell me about that camp. That looks really, really cool on your website. Yeah, I, I went to. It was I, usually so. I always right before the fight, you know, I like to do some stuff for the kids. You know, usually give out tickets to all the kids. We'll go to a boxing gym or you know something like that. So either you know, if it's not a boxing gym, it'll just be like a summer camp for kids or whatever. Something for kids. And, you know, me and my team, you know, we always go out and, you know, just go out and talk to the kids, do some, you know, do a little training with them, run around the block, whatever, do some shadow boxing or whatever with them. I talk to them. And, um, 
Yeah, and then give out the free tickets. So last my last fight it was in Lafayette, so I did it in Lafayette. And the two fights before that was in New Orleans, so I did it in New Orleans. You know, so the next fight wherever it's at, you know, we'll do the same thing. We'll um, you know, give out some free tickets to you know to whoever, who are all the kids and stuff like that. Um, and it, at the same time, it keeps me busy from you know most of the time fight week. It's just you know we just you know cutting weight and all that type of stuff and trying to be bored sitting in the hotel and and just cutting weight. So you know it gives me something to you know something to think about other than cutting weight and, and sitting in the hotel bored. On your Instagram, you posted that your last five fights, the opponents have had a combined record of 121 and four. Your record against them is five and zero with five knockouts. And then you wrote, "Men lie, women lie, but the numbers don't lie." Hashtag Savage. Champ, please don't ever change. Never stop talking trash. Please be yourself. Keep making New Orleans proud because, dude, I read that. I'm like, this guy, he's unbelievable. Like, dude, that made me like you even more when I read that. Oh, man, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, men lie, women lie, and numbers don't lie. You you look at my numbers, and guess what? They ain't going to lie to you. Hey, Champ, just the last thing. So every guest, I've had like maybe 200 shows. I've had a ton of boxers on, a ton of athletes actors, astronauts, authors, every guest that's come on has sent me something cool. So you have to send me something cool up here for the studio. You don't have to tell me what it is. We'll have Bernie arrange it. It can be anything. I don't want an autographed picture. That's corny. But I want something cool to put yeah, up in the studio. Corny. Is that a deal? <laughs> I'll send so you, you know send I'm cool looking at here, right? something right next to me right now. I think I can say I'll sign this thing I'm looking at, and I can send it to you. And if, if you see this in the studio, people are going to be like, what the hell is this? Who the hell gave this to you? But it's like, it's cool, funny at the same time. I can't tell you what it is, but you'll see. Don't, don't tell me, and Ber- I'll give Bernie I'm my not, address and I he'll arrange it. Now, listen, Champ, listen, this was an honor and a blast. I hope you had fun. I hope this is like a little, little bit of a different conversation, not the generic it question. Was, I hope you had fun. Yeah, it definitely was. Thank you. Yeah, it was. Thank you for that. The modern day Duran, bro, this was a pleasure. Good luck, and we'll keep in touch, all right? All right, man. Cool. Thank you.